Pastor Xavier Reese and man's ongoing fight against God. Man sins against light. He has knowledge of God, always has. He turns his back on it. By distorting it, twisting it, misrepresenting it, its original truth and intent and purpose and meaning. Because what may be known of God is manifested in them, for God has shown it to them. There's no excuse. The evidence of God is all around us. Man is busted. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Heaven is described as a place of eternal peace. No more tears, no more suffering, no more pain. However, the alternative isn't nearly as appealing. A place of eternal suffering, pain, and heartache. The difference between the two is man's response to the grace of God. So take a moment and turn to the book of Romans chapter 1 for today's look at the evil and darkness of man. Here's Pastor Xavier with today's Simple Truths. As we examine the section on Romans, uh, we are presented with a picture of man that is the most depraved, the most horrific of all Scripture. This is God's perspective towards man. So you either agree with it or you disagree. If you agree, you're one with God. If you disagree, you're an enemy of God. It's just as simple as it is. The section of man's depravity and lost state has been uh, divided up very neatly for the most part and has been helpful as you move through the book of Romans. But um, it's not altogether accurate. In chapter 1, we have seen that it deals with the condition of the Gentile. We're going to see this very evident. In chapter 2, with the conditions of the Jews, they say. And then chapter 3, with the universal guilt of all mankind. But a closer look at uh, these chapters reveals a much more intricate and intertwining uh, relationship of Jew and Gentile. Uh, In chapter 1 from 18 down to 2.10, the Gentiles are certainly the most obvious in the first chapter, but we cannot exclude the Jew because they were judged for idolatry by God often. In chapter 2 from 11 to 16, the Gentile and Jew are compared and contrasted as the law with the law and conscience. We'll deal with that. And then in chapter 2, 17 through 3, 8, the Jew had greater responsibility due to the fact that God had given them the law. They had understanding. They had the covenant of circumcision. And in chapter 3, 19 through 20, the universal failure due to sin, both Jew and Gentile, the verdict of God is that the whole world is guilty before God. So no one's excluded. And in chapter 3, 21 to 31, the righteousness of God is revealed through Jesus Christ. And that is the only way the man can be saved and all boasting is excluded. And so Paul has declared that he was not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for therein is the power of God of salvation to the Jew first and to the Greek and he quotes Habakkuk, the just shall live by faith. That's the only way that man can escape the judgment of God to come. Now, all of mankind must understand that there is but one way to be reconciled. Either we agree with God or we reject it. It's a choice God doesn't force you to believe. It's up to you whether you agree with him. But there are consequences one way or the other. Now, the Apostle Paul here proceeds to reveal now that all of mankind is rebellious, rejecting God by the sin of unbelief, and he does it from three vantage points. And we're going to take the whole chapter. We have to get up above it like a plane and that panoramic look to see it all before we cut deep. And so let me read here 18 through 32, and we'll divide it up. 
He says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifested in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into images made of like corruptible man and birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their own bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forevermore. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burning in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful, and receiving to themselves the penalty of their error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being Filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, they are whispers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, bolsters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, discerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death and not only do the same, but also prove of those who practice them. Pretty dark picture. Welcome to the human race. Paul gives us here the rebellion of mankind rejecting God by the sin of unbelief from three vantage points. First, man is inexcusable for a sin of unbelief. Verse 18 to almost the end of 21. Secondly, man is reaping to his sin of unbelief, the remainder of 21 to 23. And then thirdly, man is given up for his sin of unbelief, verse 24 through 32. Man is inexcusable for his sin of unbelief. Notice verse 18. Man is under the wrath of God for his rebellion against God. Mark that well. The response of God to this rebellion is wrath. You say, that's not fair. He's holy. He's a holy God. He has no choice. His holiness dictates and demands his wrath. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven. Notice the word for, very important. It looks back to verse 16 and 17, explaining why God has provided the way of salvation. Man is under the wrath of God. Simple. He's loving, he's patient. He doesn't want to see you perish. The word that is used for wrath, orge, signifies an indignation that has risen gradually and becomes more settled, indicating the patience of God with the sinner. God looks at sin, he's patient, he keeps going, and then there's time then he has to judge. You as a parent know that. You're patient with your child, but then the line comes, right? Then the lessons from the lesser to the greater. God waited in the days of Noah 100 years. How long would you have waited if you knew no one's going to repent? No one can ever blame God that he's not patient. Now, this is the key word 12 times in the letter. Orge. This is the type of wrath we're talking about. That which waits patiently for repentance. He'll deal with it in chapter 2. 
Thayer defines it as that in God which stands opposed to man's disobedience, obduracy, especially in resisting the gospel and sin, and manifests itself in punitive and punishment of the same. So in other words, God has no choice but to judge because he's absolutely holy. Now, notice this wrath is revealed from heaven, affirming the origin from God. The word reveal, apocalypto, it means to uncover, to lay open, as you know, what has been veiled or covered up before. The tense, in the, by the way, is the indicative present passive, literally, is being revealed. So don't think of this judgment as things that God did in the past. We have records that will see that, but it's continually being revealed. We just don't know it today. But God is bringing judgment to people, the nations, the leaders. He does that. We just don't know which one. You understand? It is being revealed. This is evident by the mere record of Scripture, of the many past judgments that God did, and we'll touch some of those, and they're going on in the present also. Now, people don't like that, but that's just tough. The judgment on Cain and the flood of by Noah are good examples to give us an example of things that go on today many different ways. Now, the wrath of God notice against the sinful conduct of man, identified as twofold against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Ungodliness, as you know, means irreverence towards God, which is sin against God. The qualifier is there, the article, all. All ungodliness, no exception, for God is holy and cannot look upon evil with condonance or permission. Habakkuk 1.13. He has to judge sin. The ungodliness of man is evident by his rebellion against God, revealing his evil heart, as Jeremiah 79 says, the heart of man is deceitful, desperately wicked above all things. Next is unrighteousness. It means injustice. Be it in thought, word, or deed, sinning against man. The qualifier again, all, no exception. Ungodliness always is the root of all unrighteousness. Like the first table of the law, the vertical axis, my relationship with God, the second one with man. There's the key. If I'm not right with God, God help this world. Ungodliness and unrighteousness stand in sharp contrast to the man of faith reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. Here's the contrast. Now, notice the wrath of God revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of man is due to men not keeping the word of God, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. These men suppress the truth. And the word for suppress means to restrain. They hinder to hold back or press down. It's the same word that is used in 2 Thessalonians 2.6 for the Holy Spirit holding back the appearance of the Antichrist until the church is removed. Okay? So these people suppress the truth of God's word. The word truth, aletheia, it's what is ever true in any matter considered at any time. In the context is God's word. And that which God has called us to live by, man's duty towards God. And the idea is the refusal to acknowledge the truth of God in one's life or to allow it to be proclaimed. So it's not only not just living and suppressing it, but stopping people from proclaiming it. And our nation is getting pretty close to that. We know what happens in Canada. You can't speak about certain things. Pastors have been thrown in jail. There have been charges even in the United States in the past decade. Now, the manner in which man does this is said to be unrighteousness, injustice. Notice that. The implication is that they possess and understand the truth about God. If you get anything out of this chapter, man sins against light. He has knowledge of God, always has. He turns his back on it. 
They act in opposition to what they knew about God. This is Paul's record. He's speaking under inspiration. They prevented the truth about God to be declared by distorting it, twisting it, misrepresenting it, its original truth and intent and purpose and meaning. People say, well, that's not really what the Bible says. No, that's what it says. Well, that's your interpretation. No, that's what the Bible says. Interesting. Now, notice man is under the wrath of God because he rejects the obvious evidence made available to him about God in creation, 19 and 20. Look at 19. Paul declared that God has been faithful to provide man evidence of his existence by man's creation. Because what may be known of God is manifested in them, for God has shown it to them. Paul, in one way, is saying God is unknowable. Man cannot know him or discover him the same way he discovers and knows anything else or anyone else because he reveals himself. God is spirit, as we'll see. He's transcended. He's beyond our knowing and understanding to a full end and completely. He is spirit. He doesn't have a physical body. Now, notice Paul says that what may be known of God is manifested in them. Underline that. The word manifest means to make evident or apparent. The same word is used by Jesus regarding the charitable deeds, prayers, and the fastings. He says, go in secret and God will reward you openly. That's the word. There's no excuse. The evidence of God is all around us. Man is busted. Notice Paul is saying God is, has openly revealed the evidence in them. They are created beings. We're creating the image and likeness of God. The very fact that you stand here on this planet, you can't think that you just evolved from mud. Though some people do, because they've been indoctrinated and brainwashed, you have more faith than I do. The simple cell is so complex, there isn't, isn't enough time in trillion, billion, quadrillion years for it to devolve by itself. And you know that if you're a scientist. It's a lie. As I thought on this verse, I wonder if the phrase in them could refer to the evidence of the created bodies. Because it's in them. So I looked at my body as far different from the animal kingdom. But if I'm not careful and there's an evolution away from God, step by step, then all of a sudden, what's the philosophy of today? Hey, let's not save people. Let's save the planet. Wow. Let's save the whale. Let's save the seal. Let's save the buzzard. But let's kill the baby. Notice Paul declared, for God has shown it to them. The word shown again means to make visible, referring to the evidence of their physical bodies, pointing forward to the evidence of the material creation in the next verse. So it straddles both of them. Look at 20. Paul declared that God has been faithful to provide man evidence of his existence by the existence of the visible creation. The visible creation. Very important here. Now, notice the physical creation in verse 20 of God from the beginning of time has pointed to the creator. That's what Paul is saying here. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Clearly means to see thoroughly, perceive and understand. So God, through creation, has allowed man to conclude as he lays in the desert, looks up, wow, look at those stars, look at that moon, wow, look at that thing. If you conclude anything but God, somebody's messed with your brain. You've rejected God. It's too complex. Now, this word is the only time it appears here. Able to examine the complexity and the variety and intricacy of creation, one conclusion can only be made. This is no accident. 
Notice the physical creation of God provides visible evidence of his invisible attributes, allowing man to understand two things about the creator. Verse 20 there. Being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, man can clearly see God's eternal power, which means all that God is in nature, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present. You know how powerful the sun is, the moon, the sea, the ocean, you've been in the desert, and then whoever made it, it's got to be a heck of a lot stronger. <laughs> man can clearly see God's Godhead, it says there, which means divinity, that he's God. In other words, God created this. It's the only conclusion you can come to. And this word appears only this time in the New Testament, divinity. Jesus is the visible form of the invisible God, Colossians 1.15 says. Now notice the conclusion in verse 20 there. Of all this evidence is that man is accountable to God so that they are without excuse. Man is without excuse for what may be known of God by creation, his eternal power and Godhead. Man has witnessed this throughout history of man, exposing man, his guilt. He's guilty. There's so much evidence in creation that he's going to give us here that man is busted. It's not that man has been ignorant. From Genesis on, everybody knew about God. But then they kept turning their back on God. And every generation makes a choice to believe in God or to reject God. This is called general revelation or natural revelation, which includes evidence of creation, conscience, and history. Chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, we'll get to conscience. By those three things, we are busted. Creation, conscience, and history. We know there's a God. Now, the problem is the general or natural revelation provides sufficient evidence that there is a God who created this, but it can't save you. You need special revelation, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus, God became man, died for your sins, rose from the dead, that you, if you call on him, you can be saved. That's special revelation. But let me tell you, the pygmy out there, the savage in South America, he knows there's a God by creation. Except he's twisted the creation of God and worships the creation rather than the creator. But we do the same thing. Your idol could be in the parking lot, taking up two stalls because you don't want to scratch it can be sitting next to you. It can be in the nursery. It can be in your bank account. Notice 21. God has acted contrary to the knowledge he possesses about God. Because although they knew God, they knew God. They did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful. But became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Notice man did not acknowledge the glory due to God as God though they knew the truth about God. Willful rebellion. He did not give God the rightful place as God, as he has revealed, knowing he is God. He did not give God the honor or worship that he deserves according to his glory and revelation in creation. Man did not express his gratitude towards God. Unthankful. If there's one thing you hate about a person, a person who's unthankful, isn't it? It kind of gets you when you do something and they just... They just don't acknowledge things. They knew the truth about God. He did not acknowledge his gratefulness to God for creating him. He says, no, I evolved. He didn't acknowledge his gratefulness to God for his life and his daily provisions. He didn't acknowledge his gratefulness to God for the evidence of creation that reveals his existence. You see, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven because man is without excuse about his sin of unbelief. From the beginning of times. The world knows of the record of creation in Adam and Eve, but they mock it as a fable today. 
especially in schools, universities. The world knows about the judgment of God on the earth, the flood of Noah. But instead of, uh, uh, they, they teach the corrupt teaching that as they find the fossil record, that the fossils speak of a progressive development of man to this is now what he is. God has gone out of his way to leave this evidence around. We live over a cemetery. So when we dig it up, we say, wow, judgment, death. We say, oh no, that's where we started. We purposely twist it, denying what we know about God. 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 says, the coming of the lawless one is according, according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusions that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. That is the scripture where the Antichrist will come in and God will turn them over to the Antichrist deception for seven years because they refuse to believe the truth. You and I have capacity to know that God exists and to turn to him, but we choose not to. Listen to God speaking to man with his megaphone. Psalm 19, 1 through 6. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utter their speech. And night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. In them he has set the tabernacle for the sun, which is like the bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoice like a strong man that runs its race. Its rising is from one end of heaven and its circuit to the other end and there is nothing hidden from his heat. In other words, God has put creation up there. You look at the moon, the sun, the planets, the mountains, you have to say, God. Psalm 14.1 says, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. The fool says, No God. Man is inexcusable for his sin of unbelief. Notice secondly, Verse 21 at the end to 23. Man is reaping to his sin of unbelief. God gives you the freedom. You can sow. But if you sow beans, don't expect watermelons. Notice 21. Man became vain in his thinking. As a result of rejecting, denying, and acting contrary to the knowledge of God, he possessed, but became futile in their thoughts. Paul declares man has fallen short of his original creation. The word futile means empty, void of force, and of truth. The idea is that of not measuring up to what something should be, appearing only this time in this form. Now, God created man to know him, to fellowship with him, and to worship him. He's turned his back on that. Notice Paul declared man became hostile towards God. The word thoughts means the thinking of a man deliberately with himself. Listen, it's not good for, to talk to yourself, okay? You're bad company. The Apostle Paul is saying that the result of man's failure to acknowledge God is that his capacity to perceive the things of God on the level of natural revelation become an empty conclusion that fall way short of the created potential in man. You see, when you deny God and reject God, then you have to create a whole system to explain all that you see. All that's here, your body, the mountains, everything. The natural man doesn't perceive or receive the things of God. He thinks it's foolishness, 1 Corinthians 2.14. Some of your relatives think you guys are fools. 
some of your husbands and wives that aren't saved they think you're fools but you know you've never been wiser in all your life <laughs> you used to be a wise guy now you're just wise because you walk with Jesus Pastor Xavier Reese and the difference between unbelief and belief in God and his promise of eternal life simple truths he draws from Romans chapter 1 now you can hear this message again if you like online anytime by selecting today's date under the radio tab at calvarychapelpasadena.com and you can get your own copy of today's unedited study on CD for further study ask for The Evil and Darkness of Man it's available for only $4 this CD includes the complete message as it was originally delivered. Once again, the title to ask for is The Evil and Darkness of Man, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Again, that's Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com